You're smoking a vape. Yeah, but we haven't started yet. <laughs> okay, we're starting now. Okay. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Internet DNA with me, Abby. And me, Dan. This week, we're going to discuss genetic engineering. And right. I hope it's going to be crystal clear as I wear my headphones. Yes, won't be if you do that, whatever that was. Oh, but they're not as sexy as the old headphones, though, but luckily no one can see me. Right. I um, look more like a receptionist now before I look like quite a cool gamer. So, genetic engineering. Yep. Is. What do you want to know about it? The messing around with our genome. Is that correct? I mean, obviously, we've sequenced the genome, which means we know what every gene is. We don't yet know what every gene does, and especially we don't know it when it's in combination. AI and machine learning will help us discover that by basically being able to look at massive data sets for patterns in and around the gene. So we have to assume that within the next 30, 40 years, we'll have a much better understanding of which genes promote which traits in people. Those traits aren't always good, are they? Because it, you may have a predisposition to diseases such as cancer or heart disease. We don't all have the same genes. No, absolutely not. Otherwise, we'd all be exactly the same. Not in personality, because then you're getting into the nurture versus nature debate. Yeah, see, that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Obviously, we know about Dolly the sheep and cloning a living being. Yes. And if we can clone sheep and cats and dogs and fish... Then we can yep. obviously clear human beings, yes. but it is morally and ethically wrong. So you're not allowed to, in spite of the guy in, I think, North Korea who said he had, but he hadn't. It's but currently the, ethically incorrect. But the odd thing is you're cloning the DNA and the cells. And so it's starting as a baby. So even if there was a new me, it wouldn't be the same age as me. No, it wouldn't be the same age as you. And also, it would probably have different life experiences too. Well, that's what I was going to get to as well. So if you could then could clone every cell and make a body exactly the same age as me, which is what I'm sure we'll get to, and all our sci-fi films tell us we're already there. So then it'd be identical to me. It still wouldn't think like me because it hadn't no. had the same life experiences, unless no. you give it my memory. Okay, and now we are moving out into sci-fi. In yeah, let's cut to the chase. Yeah, let's Forget cut to the genes. chase. Yes, let's just genes. go to like cloning Straight to memory. sci-fi. So <laughs> you've watched Altered Carbon, I where have. they have this idea where you can store your personality and everything about you, and you can upload it as a backup, and then you can download it into anybody else's body, which they call a sleeve. So if you're very rich, you can just buy bodies as and when you need them to replace your own. And obviously you can buy whichever body you like because you don't want to buy a beggar's body. You want someone who was fit and athletic. I don't think that genetics is going to be particularly the answer to that. I think genetics is probably a lot closer. I'm jumping ahead because I then want to go into bioengineering and then I would like to go into, okay, how do you clone a brain? Did you know I was going to go into these things? No, today? I had no idea. I thought we were talking about genetics. But anyway, it's fine. This is all good stuff. Let's start at the beginning. Yeah. What is genetic engineering? There are lots of diseases, let's say like Huntington's disease and certain forms of breast cancer that are indicated by a single gene. There's just one gene that either turns that on or off. It probably could be fairly soon that we can take a genetic map of your unborn fetus at a very early stage and say, this child has the gene for Huntington's or breast cancer. Would you like us to switch it off and replace it with another one? Now, obviously, that's very dangerous when you don't understand the interactions of all these genes. 
I don't think there's anyone at the moment where we genetically engineer a child to go, this child has the following gene makeup. It is an indicator of bad things. Would you like us to change it? Because then that opens up. Immediately opens up, up. a whole. Yeah. Would new, you like your child to run faster? World. Would you like your child to be cleverer? Would you? Yeah. Like so your that's child the to... interesting thing you were saying earlier that all runners who do 100 meters in less than 10 seconds have a certain gene. Is that yeah, right? the ACTN3 gene, and they have an expression of it, which is called the 577 R. And this basically allows your muscles to twitch faster than other people. So in the future, if you go right, I want my child to be a runner, so you stick that gene in. I want my child to be a sports of some type. So I would like 587RR. The promise of it is that you would be able to design your child to have all the greatest traits. Now, what you'd probably do is that there will be a set of menus where you can say he can either be like an A4 or he can be a C7 or he can be a B6. And all of these will have slightly different traits. Because obviously there's a combination of genes that will, it's unlikely you can go for double A, which is everything is just optimized. Because what you'll find. (laughs) That's the superhero, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because what you'll find is that by turning some on, you create issues. So I think it's sickle cell anemia that Africans get a lot. Because in Africa, where there's a lot of malaria, that gene actually protects you against malaria, which is more important than having sickle cell anemia because there's not enough sun in Europe. So you can see why that gene's expressed in Africa with lots of sun. When you bring them to Europe where there's no malaria and very little sun, that gene becomes a liability. So it's not as if you can just go, I want everything positive and nothing negative. What will happen is that there will be trade-offs. But when we start to be able to make genes... When we can make genes... Yeah, why can't we make genes? I've got a feeling, and I'm not, I'm not an expert in genetics. Imagine we found the optimal human being gene that was yeah. basically pretty much all the positives and none of the negatives. Apart well, from you could say, actually, but I want this perfect person to have brown hair and I want that one to have blonde hair. So yeah, be but a, then a little you might find that by having blonde hair, that's not a positive thing. That actually, it's well, I'm not, very positive. I'm myself, actually, so I'm, not, I'm just saying. Yeah, I would you say. might find that having blonde hair and blue eyes it makes you more susceptible to a disease. You may find that in big data. It may be very minimal, but if you're going for the optimum human being, you might end up in the. I can't remember which book it is where he, he's actually walking around in a virtual world, but everybody looks like a Jane or or a John. Because everyone's just using the same avatar, the standard avatar. Well, surrogates, the film does that. So you might end up in a situation where everybody looks very, very similar. If it's the line out of The Incredibles, if everybody's super, then nobody is. All you've done is just lifted the median up, but you haven't actually created an advantage for your child. Obviously, there's this idea that everyone's going to just tend towards a norm, because if that's the most optimal version, then that's the optimal version. One will assume that that optimal version will be more expensive. And therefore, what you may end up with is a socioeconomic differentiation of your ability. And that's quite scary because that's basically locking in. If you're one of the rich at the moment that that happens, your family will always have the advantage of always having the best genes. And a poor family will never have that advantage of having the best genes. So that starts to answer my question, which was going to be, what's wrong with trying to make better human beings? I know it's ethically and morally wrong, but why wouldn't we want to better ourselves? Yeah, and why is ethically and morally wrong? I don't know, but it is at the moment. Okay, so many questions. 
So let's not go too far down this road because I think it opens up a lot of questions that is best answered in a book. Okay, um, first of all, what's the difference between ethics and morals? Ethics, I believe, is practice. I think your morality is a little bit more based on your social moral compass. So the society around you creates your morality. It's your own sense of good and bad. Ethics is more codified. It's the laws in and around the practice of whatever you do. Ethics refer to rules, as you said. Morals refer to an individual's own principles regarding right and wrong. So morals are mine. Ethics is the world. So you could say that cloning or genetically engineering children or genetically engineering anything is ethically incorrect. Morally, it may well be perfectly fine. You may be totally cool with it. I don't know where I am with it, really, because I think the more you open it up, the more you go, ooh, okay, there's a bunch of other questions that we have to answer before we can really come to that. So perfect one is if we know everybody's genetic code, before we even start engineering it, If I'm an insurance company, can I say, I want to see your genetic code before I insure you because I want to make sure you're not one of those sort of genetic people that are going to be expensive or we're not going to allow certain people with certain genes to breed. And so I think that's where it opens up the morality and the ethics questions. If we can design everyone to be the best human being they could be, and then it's up to them whether they're going to take advantage of that. I think that's pretty much why wouldn't you? But having that knowledge out in the public arena, that starts to get into a, you're judging me without actually knowing me. The better gene sequences are going to be more expensive for obvious reasons. That actually what you're doing is those people will have lower premiums, lower insurance, better health care. And they're the people that need it least. And then the people that really need it, who only could get like a, an F7, those people are get paying higher insurance because you know they're not as optimized. They're more likely to be ill. And so then it gets quite into a sort of a fairly unpleasant zone, I think. So the ethics is not whether it, we should do it. It's if it becomes possible, really, it should be a blanket rollout so that everybody starts this brave new world at a level playing field. Yeah, the problem with that is obviously I'm not going to spend my time researching it if I'm not going to make the money out of it. So unless China do it, which is quite possible. <laughs> very possible, yeah. Yeah. And also China might have a very different idea of what an optimal human being is to a European or an African. The issue will come in and around what can you enhance? We may find that you can start to unlock abilities that people don't have now because that gene sequence never has occurred because it would be very difficult for evolution to get there because the halfway stage is almost permanently death. The way that your gene sequence works is by evolution. So it splits and it recombines with another half of DNA from someone else. And that will set up your genomics sequence. And off you'll go. That will be you. Now, if you're not the best that you can be or you're below halfway, the likelihood is in evolutionary terms, you're going to get eaten or you're going to die early preferably before you can breed. And so the ones that survive and the ones that can breed, they get pushed forward. And the ones that die are too weak to survive or are the easiest ones to eat, then they don't get to breed. And that's how evolution works. The fact, if you can see a little bit better, it really helps if you're a predator, but it also really helps if you're the predated because you can avoid the predator. So the better eye ones get away better or the faster ones can run faster away. And so the ones that don't have those genes tend to die out. 
Now, there will be certain combinations that would have killed you anyway, either because you would never have been born because it, it's not a viable genetic set. And therefore, it may do that it locks certain avenues down there, which are viable, but you can't get past. Have you ever read uh, Long Earth? No. So the idea of Long Earth is you can make a little potato machine and you can jump into the polyverse. So you can jump to the next Earth and the next Earth and the next Earth. But sometimes you get to an Earth and it's just gone. It's not there. For some reason, it was destroyed in that universe. But obviously, if you jump two, you get past the exploded one, you can get to the next one. So it may be that certain gene sequences are locked out because there's a single void space where you can't cross it. And the ones afterwards are perfectly fine. But you may find that we start engineering gene sequences that would not naturally occur. Going back to what you said about if China understanding or a different type of what they felt was the perfect person compared with what someone in the West would. And yeah. we talked about how they have the surveillance. And if you do good things, you get good points. And if you do bad things, you get bad points. Yeah. And it's being rolled out nationwide now, which is yeah. terrifying. I thought it was years away. There's the obvious one, like you're not allowed to say anything against the party. But some of the bad things were things that I thought were perfectly normal but i was very surprised by what they suggested was bad citizenry yes so yes there's the difference between what is the perfect human being and to whom is that the perfect human being it may end up a bit like cars you know some people like certain types of cars and other people like other types of cars And, and actually it will be a choice but it could also be that there is one clearly better one And that may be clearly better for your ethnic group. It may not be clearly better for another ethnic group. So that may play into it as well. But I think that part of it is kind of less scary to me than the government knowing your, or not just the government, but government companies knowing your genetic sequence in order to adjust how they deal with you. If an insurance company knew that you had a higher propensity for any one thing, before we can even engineer it, so let's say now, everyone gets their gene sequenced and then suddenly your insurance company comes in and goes actually your medical insurance is going to be very expensive because we know in roughly within the next 10 years you're going to have the following episode whatever your lifestyle is that leads into a very sort of odd place where people get marginalized and placed out of the thing now some people will say well that's fair enough other people shouldn't be paying for your weaknesses if your weaknesses are things like this so this is what you'll get penalized for in china which is terrifying everyone thinks oh well you know if i'm good then that's great i get rewarded if i'm bad or not but being bad is playing computer games being a tibetan buddhist yeah not paying your debts criticizing the government failing to sweep your sidewalk smoking playing Mm. loud music on trains jaywalking So it's just like, yeah, it really is George Orwell coming. And and what you're saying and what's becoming apparent across each podcast that we're doing is that every bit of new technology is going to be used by businesses to make money and government. So when you say surveillance, well, the surveillance will be used to see if you've done something bad. And then if you've done something bad, then you can't have this or you'll go to prison. Yeah, it will affect your social score. And now we're saying if we can change our genes, then they again will be used to insure us or offer us a house because they'll basically know how long we're going to live yeah and so everything that we do to make ourselves augmented actually ends up enslaving us 
Yes, which is, I mean, we've said that computers have enslaved us anyway from the very beginning. And my take is that now we're coming into this era when finally they're beginning to work for us, not (laughs) make us do the work. But maybe that's not true as we get further and further and they get more and more entwined with our being, not something that we can pick up and put down. It's both, isn't it? They're going to become easier and freer, but also less I think we've talked about this a lot which is as you get enhanced as you get your genomes optimized you have cyborg elements let's say you know where you've got inbuilt technology that you're enhanced by and all of these sort of things the the quid pro quo of that is people know more about you and they can control more of what you do and see you know we were talking about this when we were talking about was it your little assistant that told you who to marry yeah and then we actually discussed what if you believe this machine actually it can tell you whatever it likes and in many ways, Bill Ottman was talking about, which is we don't even realize how much we're controlled because the messaging to us is so managed. Fluffy. The best way to stop people from talking about stuff is not to mention it. I'd like to move on to bioengineering, similar but not similar. It's looking at our cells as opposed to our genes, isn't it? And yeah. how we can change cells to be better, like we're talking about changing genes to be better and this yeah. is the area that i find fascinating and almost could do more good or more harm because if we think that we can correct genes but we can also correct bad cells and not only can we correct bad cells but we can add things to the cells or we can add things to a group of cells or a very very tiny fetus that could augment it again you could put a chip in it you could put a micro robot in a group of cells or an amoeba the size of a grain of rice and suddenly you start having an enormous amount of control over cells and what they can do for anything living be that plant yeah or just if you think about it from a point of view of let's say people who have amputations now as we know a lizard can regrow its tail yes exactly so you could probably activate a bunch of cells to just rebuild you rebuild yourself when you cut yourself it's not like you can't rebuild yourself you just can't rebuild at that scale a fetus can regrow yeah parts of it and if you look at a child up to the age of two or so if they chop the end of their finger off it regrows so we start with that ability and then we stop and probably for a very good reason which is that level of mutation is very bad for you in a permanently switched on sense But if you could find a way to say, actually, we need to switch this on again in this area because we need to rebuild this leg or we need to rebuild the hand. Yeah. And then we'll switch it off again, because you'll probably find the reason why it switches off is things like cancer, which is the reason we get older, I believe, is that we have these things called telomerines in our cells. And every time they divide, it just lops one off. And the shorter the telomerine, the less good the cell reproduction is. And the reason for that is to stop cancer from running away and so it's a reason it's there but if you could control that with let's say genetics and enhancements that you're not likely to get cancer anyway then you can start to switch those off and say actually we can live to 250 without getting cancer because we don't have a predisposition to cancer anymore. I think that regenerative aspect of bioengineering is fascinating along with organ farms. Yeah and the ability from your own cells, so you don't reject them, to grow a new organ for yourself that can then be put in. 
what's incredible is some of this is already happening and you can see that sounds disgusting you can see animals that have had chips put in them at birth and so these cameras and things are just part of their body and it's extraordinary not very nice for them but they know no different and so it is extraordinary how you say genetic engineering is probably the closest but actually this bioengineering is already happening and yes it can be used for warfare and it can be really bad because if you start using flies or moths as the ability to spy and also these micro insects that can get anywhere so everything can be used in a good and a bad way but to have these micro micro bio bots that could go in and fix stuff in your body without having to open you up is a miracle it is all moving towards the fact that we're never going to die. And that, again, causes its own problems. Yes, But I find it absolutely fascinating, especially the regenerative aspect of it, of regrowing limbs, which if our body is already able to do it, it just needs a certain something to make it go overdrive. I mean, God, it's I think one of the things that they do do, I think it's the American army that do this, is that if you get seriously injured... This may be bollocks. If you get seriously (laughs) injured, they basically put some form of gas over you and it triggers hibernation. All mammals hibernated at some point. And so they put you into a hibernative state, almost like a coma, so they can get you off the battlefield to a battle station. Because the thing that kills you is that your body goes into hyperdrive. Imagine that possible and true, yes. But I think one of the things we keep running against is old Robert Oppenheimer's attitude, which is, Technology is neither good nor evil. It's the way in which it's used. It could be used for either process. So it's very difficult to go, oh, that technology is a bad technology. Well, no, it's being used in a bad way. It's not necessarily a bad technology. That side of things I think is fascinating. Going back to genes, could we put genes into robots? Or would they be of any use? We keep coming back to this robots thing. And I was thinking earlier... Surely it is easier to turn humans into robots than robots into humans. So So, you're saying like make zombies? No, what I'm saying is we will just enhance ourselves technologically. Even from the womb, which is what I was talking about. To a point where really are you a human being or are you a machine? I mean, it's really difficult to know. Yes, cyborg. Yeah, but actually you really are a human. You were born. You or were cloned. At least, yeah, or gestated in some way. But half of you is mechanical or electrical mechanical. And the bit that we've retained are the bits that we've... Like, the human mind is a very interesting thing. Now, it may be that it's actually just a function of you build a computer fast enough, big enough, with enough learning, then it will become conscious. That may well be a point. It may be that consciousness is just an emergent property of What's being taken able us to... 200,000 years. Millions of years to develop it to that level. Because obviously we started off as an amoeba and evolution has taken us down a path that ended up with us going, we're not very fast, we're not very strong, we might as well be pretty clever, otherwise we're all going to die. <laughs> That's kind of how it works, in a really sort of top-down way. So I'm very sceptical about robot robots in any sense other than... What's the point of reinventing the wheel? Why don't we just computers, add yeah. to it? Like if you're making cars or you're doing some repetitive job, even if it's quite a complex repetitive job, then I can totally understand why it'd be easier to build a robot to do it. It doesn't have to think that much. It just has to do. You know, if you're trying to make a robot like a human, it would seem to me a much easier approach to make a human more like a robot because all the bits that are really difficult, you've done already and it, you're just doing all the easy bits. I'm say easy, but you, <laughs> yeah. you know, 
you know what I mean. <laughs> just bolting on a few extra yeah. things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stuffing the odd chip inside yeah, behind exactly. your ear. The yeah, easy exactly. bit. I want to finish off with one final thing in that genetic yeah. engineering is very much used in plants, in crops already, mm. which is an ethical challenge as well. It's a moral challenge, I think, more than anything else. Well, it's illegal in some places and not in others, or it's illegal yes. to do certain things, but not other things. But when you actually look into those laws, you'll find that a lot of them are driven out of morality, not out of real ethics, as in people being scared about them. And with good reason, because they end up killing bees and things. They that may have ended up killing bees, yeah. I mean, most of that's pesticides that they use for those plants. So I don't know whether this is a claim to fame or or something that I will be crucified for, but I designed Monsanto's logo many years ago. I remember that. And they're the only company that ever flew me first class, so that probably says it all. Yeah. (laughs) On that note, we might need to go. (laughs) Well, just while we're talking about that point about plants, obviously genetically modified plants have a huge potential Because if we can start to grow food in places where it doesn't grow, for whatever reason. And also the fact that we are not going to have enough food to sustain the growth of humans that is happening at this current rate. And we could maybe solve that by we can just print meat rather than growing animals, which I think they're already doing. The fake burger, is that another no meat burger? Yeah, now they're trying to do fish. Yeah, maybe that could be an an ecological salvation. If we say that meat eating is the largest driver of climate change, then if you say we can just print it out in factories, you want a steak, that's fine. We'll print steaks out in factory. Just print a long tube of steak and cut it into one inch segments. And that's absolutely, you would not know the difference. In fact, you would know the difference because you'd know it was better. Then I think that's fine. Or it may be fine. It's like plants. People are like, oh, genetically engineered plants. Yeah. But there are times where the advantages of that plant are much higher than the disadvantages. And there will be times where the disadvantages of that plant are much higher than the advantages. And I think this is the problem with applying blanket. It's wrong. Well, maybe it is in this circumstance. Genetically modifying plants has been happening for centuries. We just haven't thought about it in that way. Every time you splice a plant and create something else you are modifying it and if you look at old-fashioned carrots or old-fashioned tomatoes or any of the vegetables that we know they look nothing like the vegetables we know nothing like yeah and so it's already been happening but just in a more steam-engine way chihuahuas didn't exist in the wild (laughs) you know and all the dairy cows darwin's theory didn't really help the chihuahua very much no, well, because we, we selectively bred dogs to be <laughs> chihuahuas. That's what all these dog shows are about, which is choosing what traits about a dog you really want. And we do it with plants. We do it with animals. Wheat is just a selectively grown grass. But we've just grown and grown and grown to, to make it have a bigger seed. But it's not new. It's just happening <laughs> faster. And at what point does it need regulation like everything? The change is accelerating evolution, which is what we have historically been doing by saying we want to breed it this way, we want to breed it that way. And the change is artificially changing the genetic makeup of something. That is a change. It's no longer a natural process that you're altering. It's actually an artificial process that you're injecting. On that note, I'm going to have to say goodbye. And myself. I much preferred these headphones. They didn't buzz as much today. Good. Well, I will do with looking like a secretary just so that I don't buzz. Perfect. Speak next week. Speak next week. Bye. Bye.